0: Alright, cards on the table, I just did not have the bandwidth to edit a new episode this week. So, today's show is a rerun, but if it makes a difference, it's an excellent rerun. One of the funniest episodes we've ever released, featuring Ed Zitron. In the time since this episode came out, Ed has become a lot more famous. His newsletter, Where's Your Ed At?, continues to be one of my favorite emails to open, and it's become the home for some really sharp and popular writing about Corporate culture, labor, and technology. Ed has also had bylines in the Atlantic, all over the place. He's doing really well. You can and should go sign up for his newsletter at ez.substack.com. And that's the letters E-Z, not the word. The reruniness of today's show means no sponsor, but as always, I will shout out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash follow Friday, where you can find bonus follow recommendations from almost all of our guests. I will re-up Ed's bonus follow this week on the Patreon page. If you like Follow Friday and you want to support the show, please go check out patreon.com slash follow Friday. Oh, and one more thing. If you want to hear me on a different podcast, I was just on the new episode of Bay Curious, which is an excellent podcast from our public radio affiliate here in San Francisco, KQED. The whole conceit of Bay Curious is that people who live in the Bay Area send in their questions about local things, and then the team at KQED finds out the answers. What was especially cool is that one of those reporters, Katrina Schwartz, invited me to come with her on her reporting trip, which required us to climb more than 100 steps together up one of the steepest hills in the city. But it's for a good reason. We learned a lot about those steps, the famous Filbert Steps, and the people who live on them. The podcast, again, is called Bay Curious, and you can find it in all the podcast apps or at kqed.org. We will be back next week with a brand new episode, but for now, please enjoy this encore of one of my favorite episodes of Follow Friday with Twitterer, PR guy, very funny poster, and accidental thought leader, Ed Zitron. Today is a good day to meet some new friends.
1: Hey! Everyone make a way. On a Friday. The show is
0: I'm Eric Johnson. Welcome to Follow Friday, the podcast about who you should follow online. Every week, I talk to creative people about who they follow and why. This is a guided tour to the best people on the internet, led by your favorite writers, podcasters, comedians, and more. If this is your first episode of the show, take a moment now and please follow or subscribe in your podcast app. Today on the show is Ed Zitron, the CEO of Easy PR. He writes an excellent newsletter about media and the internet called Where's Your Ed At? But I mainly think of him as one of the funniest people on Twitter. Where he makes his jokes and chaotic shit posts and memes about becoming the Joker. It, it's a lot. We'll get into it. You can and should find Ed on Twitter at Ed Zitron. That's E D Z I T R O N. And you can follow along with us today. Every person Ed recommends will be linked in the show notes and in the transcript at followfridaypodcast.com. Ed, welcome to follow Friday.
1: Hey, happy to be here. Excited. <laughs> I love talking about and being on Twitter.
0: Yeah, and you, you actually you DM'd me on Twitter just to say that you were listening to the show, that you were liking it. Uh, which is how all this started. I'm so grateful that you were, you were listening and that you're, you're liking the show. Of course. We got to talk about the Joker memes for a second. Yes. <laughs> At the risk of killing the joke by dissecting it, can you explain why you started posting these and how the Joker, a decades-old comic book character, somehow became part of your personal brand?
1: I always love finding funny typos. It's a personal thing. Like Anytime a typo is unfortunate or just funny, I enjoyed it. And then there's this guy called Michael Hudson who has posted numerous funny typos across his life. He's a very funny guy. For some reason, I think he posted something Joker adjacent. And I then went on Instagram and looked up Joker memes, and I found this incredible universe, this extended universe <laughs> of Joker memes. And the important thing to realize is very few of these have anything to do with the clown character we all know and love. Right. They are mostly romance-related.
0: and But they're, they're pictures of usually Heath Ledger or Joaquin Phoenix with text on top of them. With
1: some sort of platitude about... It's like glass breaks when smashed, hearts break when something. It's always something (laughs) weird like that. But what I have found is this incredible community of, mostly based in the Middle East, guys who post Joker memes. I found one right here from Joker.Motive on Instagram. When you were mine, nothing was fine. Now I'm single. That's why I shine. A classic thing the Joker says. But what (laughs) I usually do is find the ones with really unfortunate typos or that just... Do not make sense. So one of the classic ones is be a badass, not a whole of ass. <laughs> That's a great one. Rule number one, f*** what people think. Thing. It's <laughs> T-H-I-N-G. So the funny thing about them and what I, because I'm starting to see people do parody, parody Joker things where it's they, what they don't get about them and what they do with them is is they create these ones where it's like vulgar or gross. The whole thing about these is they are completely sincere. 100% sincere.
0: Relationship advice or just self-reflexive and just...
1: My true favorite one is trusting someone is just as putting a bamboo up in your own ass. (laughs) Wow, that's deep. That is trusting someone is just as putting a bamboo up in your own ass. That is the whole thing. No, No context there. People ask, oh, are these irony, are these people making them, or indeed am I making them? Mm -hmm. And I don't. I I post them because they're funny. They are very funny to read because it is someone being sincere and trying to seem like a deep thinker and just falling face first or stepping on a rake in the process or doing both somehow. It's so funny to me, but I have no interest in posting ones that are intentionally vulgar, that are just... Dumb. I want to find the ones which are the gems where they just like stand one stepping up the home plate and just throwing the baseball bat at the pitcher. <laughs> I, I want the ones that are just kind of embarrassing. But they have the gravitas of someone doing a TED talk. Right. And I know there are some people who are like, do you make these? Which is a personal, personally offensive to me. Right.
0: I would never make my own Joker,
1: And I would never, I also have no interest in the ones that are, there is a whole group of primarily American people Mm -hmm. who make joker memes that are just rude or sexist. And it's like, this isn't just boring. It's boring and it's just not what I'm posting. Yes, occasionally I will find one that's sexist, but I'll always find one with terrible grammar where the person trying to seem above woman sounds so stupid in the process <laughs> that there's no possible way you'd ever take them seriously. Not that you should anyway, but it's one of those things where I don't, I'm not here to post every single one. I'm here to post the, the dumbest possible ones.
0: I'm very glad to hear that you have have such strict standards for these. For someone who has not taken the time to sift through the crap that is out there, I, I honestly didn't realize that there were standards to be had, but now I really appreciate the fact that you are doing a valuable curation service. So uh, There's what, what actually a nuance means. to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There really is
1: a nuance.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of curation, let's get into who you follow. Let's find out who Ed Zitron follows. It's Final Friday. So before the show, Ed, I gave you a list of categories and I asked you to tell me four people you follow who fit in those categories. Your first pick is in the category, someone you don't know, but want to be your friend. And you said Rob Friedman, who is on YouTube and Twitter at Pitching Ninja. So Rob is an analyst for Major League Baseball and ESPN. He's also a YouTuber. Talk about what he does and why you want to be friends with him.
1: So I am just getting into baseball Mm -hmm. and I find most of baseball, I'm getting there, I'm slowly beginning to understand it, but I find pitching fascinating. And Rob is not just a tome of... Amazing knowledge. He genuinely is such a lovely guy and loves the mechanics on such a specific level. He had the pitcher, I forget who he plays for, you Darvish a few months ago, I think it was. Okay. is He, play for the, he plays for the Padres. Uh,
0: you could say any name, any team name, I will believe you.
1: <laughs> you'll get flayed. But no, he had him on and he was talking about the specific way that just moving one finger changed how a ball would move. And I love it. But Rob also posts all day, just in fantastic pitches and also occasionally swords which is when you pitch the ball and someone makes a ridiculous swing in the in the manner of how one might swing a sword it's from a movie that i don't know but it it's very funny he also just genuinely is such a lovely guy he talks to people all day about one very specific part of a sport that is so thrilling and he has made me find something in baseball that I used to find interesting but still kind of dull into something beautiful and genuinely engaging
0: mm mm-hmm. well, that's the thing about like a lot of people who like faster moving sports like hockey or basketball or football slash soccer that you know the lack of movement for most of baseball is why they call it boring, and it's really that moment when the pitcher has the ball and they're secretly communicating they're deciding you know the, the kind of the mind game uh, between the pitcher and the the batter that's like the really the heart of the game in a, in a lot of ways. And so so it's kind of interesting when you have someone like Rob who's translating that and who's actually able to like look at a video and analyze like what's actually silently happening in that moment.
1: So the core difference there is, so someone who does a lot of what you're talking about, which isn't bad, and actually Rob does some of it, but not as much, say John Boy does a lot of game analysis. What Rob does, and he does that analysis, is he will do stuff where he pitches, he puts a pitch on there that's like Lucas Giolito, I apologize for that, 81 mile an hour change up for a foul, Mm -hmm. 86 mile an hour slider for a K, so a strike. And it's great because what he's showing you isn't just, oh, he threw it and it went like this. He's showing you how the body position of the pitcher mm-hmm. does not change or it changes so subtly. So what he does there is he takes a nuance of the game that is not immediately obvious and he makes it obvious and he makes it obvious in such a palatable way. And it's just lovely. It's He, is, he genuinely is a, also a lovely guy and there was a New York Times- piece about him recently and he just comes off as such someone who truly loves a nuanced part of a game and to your point it's a kind of a slower moving sport right but it is a sport where the tension of the game is so powerful but also the intricacy of the game is not obvious. It isn't obvious why it's so difficult to hit a baseball. But when you have an overlay of Jacob DeGrom throwing a slider, I don't know what he throws. You know, he throws a fastball and something else and something else. But when he looks basically the same doing it, you can finally see. Wow, he does not move very differently. How are you meant to hit that? And I think that there are very few people in sport. Who can do that? It is an incredible skill. And the way he's done it is such a modern take. I realize this makes me sound 100 years old, but (laughs) the idea of someone being able to use video in such a way over social media to communicate an intricacy in such a direct, but also something that you couldn't have done, say, 10 years ago. Right. Because just clips wouldn't be available and video editing was not as... It was available, but not as easily available. It's just... It's a magical account to read. It's so focused... It's just so much fun. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his. I want to be his friend.
0: Well, yeah. So if you were friends with him, I mean, you said he's he seems like a very like nice guy, lovely guy. What would you want to get out of the friendship? Like, would you want to be you know going to games with him and having him you know provide live commentary? Would you want to just like hang out with him as a person outside of the confines of baseball? What, what would you want to do?
1: Both. I would say, yes, of course, it would be lovely to go to a baseball game with him. I also think that some of the nuance of what he does is based on the after effect of a game. Mm -hmm. But also it would be nice to have someone go, "Okay, that was a slider. Just tell me what's happening because it's very hard to see in person. But also the kind of personality that creates an account like Pitching Ninja would probably make for a really interesting friend. I refuse to believe he has no other interests and no other things he gets really into. And he just seems like someone who is genuinely dedicated and thoughtful, be a lovely friend and also just someone who'd be fun to shoot the s*** with.
0: That was Rob Friedman, who's on Twitter at Pitching Ninja. It's final Friday, let's move on to Ed's next follow. Ed, I asked you for someone you've just started following, and you said Hoku Kernan, who is on Twitter at h o k u c u r n a n hoku Kernan. He's also on YouTube at that kid Hoku in your email to me, you said that he does video for the Las Vegas Raiders. Explain what that means. Like, what sort of videos does he make for them?
1: So that's the thing. I don't truly know. He just posts these wonderful videos of, like, David Carr, the quarterback for the Raiders, working out. I moved to Vegas about a year ago, and I I love it here, seriously. And Hoku does these just fantastic videos, I think, of from training camp. But it's not just what he's videoing. It's the way he follows it, and also the lighting is perfect. I don't know... A ton about video, but the way he positions things and the way he colours everything, or at least the lights that he shoots at, is fascinating. And he also is a gifted photographer. There was a, there was one from about about a month ago of the 421 uh, Raiders training camp. A beautiful photo, I'm guessing, of David Carr silhouetted against the sunset, throwing just beautiful stuff. And I think with sports, especially online, you get ironic considering what I just said, incredibly focused on the minutia of stats and of, oh, is this guy good or bad? Is this guy going to be the next whatever? Is this guy amazing? And you can get away from just enjoying watching physical feats of prowess. And I feel like Hoku distills a lot of that within his video. It's just lovely to watch And it's just, especially in my feed, which, and I've got a lot better at curating my feed, so it's not entirely politics. It's not entirely any given subject. It's kind of a a melting pot of crap, just like my brain. (laughs) And it's nice to occasionally get a breakup of just watching this guy who I'm sure he has, he probably works and does videography at the Raiders. Mm -hmm. It's also kind of nice not knowing, and it's just beautiful to watch. And he's so good. I just really appreciate how he does it and the way he distills things and he's also capable of videoing speed very well but not in a way that's necessarily it isn't it's hard to take video of a moving object and position it well right the composition of a shot is difficult I've not really done any video but done tons of photography I can't imagine what he uses but it's really enjoyable watching him do it he just seems like a lovely, positive guy as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, so to, to your point about his you know, talent as a videographer, I mean, I went down the rabbit hole of watching some of his videos on YouTube, and he posted this one video. If, if anyone wants a place to start, but they're not necessarily a football fan, which is true of me, Hoku made this video. It's on his YouTube called The Year That Wasn't, and it's this exuberant montage of things that he filmed pre-COVID, stuff that he misses, you know, sports games, music concerts, parties, also just beautiful shots of nature. And, I mean, I'm shocked that this video hasn't gone crazy viral because it is gorgeous. It's just what you're saying. I mean, he really just has some masterful, I'm sure from years and years and years of practice, just a really masterful sense of composition, of light, and of how to make these already visually appealing things Truly beautiful. Um, it was so impressive.
1: And it's also nice to have something on there that isn't necessarily someone I talk to regularly or someone who also does not talk to anyone. Like He follows me on Twitter. I've never spoken to him. But it's like there is a human being behind there. It's not just someone's edifice through which they drop stuff online. Right.
0: So how did you start following him? Is it from when you moved to Vegas?
1: It was because of David Carr, the quarterback for the Vegas Raiders, they, he posted, oh, a video from Hoku. And I went, oh, I like drilling down with stuff like that. I like to see the people they link who aren't necessarily part of the team. Right. Or I'm a big third string guy. I love to know about the people who are not necessarily the superstars or aren't on the front page. That to me is fascinating. And also just, it's nice to watch the sausage get made.
0: That was Hoku Kernan, who's on Twitter at Hoku Kernan. We're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be back in a minute with Ed Zitron. Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod, which is the podcast studio behind Follow Friday, but we also help other podcasters, too. Whether you're starting a new podcast or you want help with an existing show, lightning pod can help you with editing copywriting website design interviewing technique improving your audio quality and so much more we've worked with everyone from solo creators to startups to huge established companies so check us out at lightningpod.fm that's lightningpod.fm
1: it's follow friday
0: welcome back to follow friday Ed, I asked you to tell me about someone you followed forever, and you said Drew Fairweather, who is on Twitter at Drew Toothpaste. Uh, I also feel like I've followed Drew forever. He's the creator of the webcomic Toothpaste for Dinner and just a really fun person on Twitter. Talk about what he does and why you like him.
1: I have known of Drew for, God, like 10, 20 years. I mean, I was looking at Married to the Sea for a long time. Which
0: is another webcomic that he does, right?
1: Yeah, which is that. And that's one that he has been around doing stuff online for a long time. I'm going on his YouTube now because I actually kind of want to see. 14 years. Wow. 14 years. I've been looking at Drew's stuff, (laughs) but from afar. Then, God, five or six years ago on Twitter, he started following me and we kind of became friends and then we did a podcast together called uh the future (laughs) it was so funny because I became friends with Drew after watching his stuff for years and I never really revealed how much of his stuff I knew until recently and he was like oh wow that's really touching and also wow you really do know my stuff very obscure reference yeah (laughs) I oh no I and he specifically does not like people quoting his songs back to Mm. him he told me that fairly early on so I didn't Mention it, but it's it's just really funny because it's one of those online relationships where, like, he was at my wedding. Wow! And this is someone who previously I would have like in jokes with my brother mm-hmm. about about his videos, right? And this person then became my friend. It, very bizarre, but in a quite sweet way. And he is such a lovely guy, genuinely thoughtful, caring fella, dear friend of mine, and also deeply funny in a very specific but also non-offensive way. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice. And he also does the thing which I respect but will never do where every one of his posts, only people who follow him can respond. Nah, I take the trash. Bring it (laughs) to me. I'll eat it up. I don't care. He is very funny. He does very funny photoshops. He did a funny one. I think it was a year ago where he made a fake Guardian article, just a screenshot of it, called uh, Millennials Have a New Thing from When They Haven't Got Enough Food called Food Mood, <laughs> describing hunger. <laughs>
0: did anyone believe it as real? Did
1: anyone think it was real? There were people who at first did. People online get so mad about anything millennial. Right. That people are, what? Are millennials calling hunger food? Mood? What? And it was just the perfect <laughs> choice of some... Dumb shit to do that will get people rolled up, but also that's the kind of troll he does. He doesn't do anything where a person is a target. Right. And it's nice, and he's also just deeply created, gifted musician. Mm-hmm. A great podcast at Garbage Brain University,
0: and, and he's also gifted at guessing geography. Have you seen his Twitch channel?
1: Oh, geo! His geoguesser thing is very funny, and he did a lovely his overlay thing he does. In the corner is like an 80s science
0: thing. Wait, we should we should back up and explain Geo Well, what he does?
1: Well, what it is is you literally scroll through a map and you look around and then have to guess the location of the place th- of the place you are looking at. It's
0: like Google Street View or something. So you can like pan the camera around and look at the signage and things like that, and you have to guess where it is.
1: Literally on a map, and it's very funny because. He's really good at it, and I don't know how. <laughs> he really confused. I look around, and I'm like, I don't know. And I, I go on there occasionally because I love him dearly. I don't find that particularly interesting to watch. So I just go on for two minutes, and I say stuff like, Pennsylvania, no matter where they are. <laughs> it's Pennsylvania. I'm sure he appreciates your help. Yeah. Oh, no, he does. He also <laughs> knows I would. I'm not doing it out of malice. Yeah. He actually made a song about me once. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Get right like it's citron it's citron sipping up
0: with acid like ketchup too saying I say can i can catch up with you. you
1: can you hit me back that's right you can't catch me at the meetup saying lol and elmow with nine lemons in my mouth
0: the last thing that I associate Drew with is that he, like you, also has a meme on Twitter that basically belongs to him that he's been doing for a while. Did you know the one I'm talking about?
1: I Which one?
0: Uh, the one I'm thinking of, maybe you, you have a different one in mind. The one I'm thinking of is, come to this location for an ass-kicking.
1: <laughs> yes, and he did that at my wedding, I think.
0: <laughs> he posted a selfie from your wedding and told people to come there for an ass-kicking.
1: I think it was like Barrel World as well, because like, there was a bunch of barrels at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that was
0: Drew Fairweather, who is on Twitter at Drew Toothpaste. It's Friday. We have time for one more follower today. Ed, I asked you for someone who has stopped posting but needs to come back. He said Green Giant underscore ES. That's the Twitter name, Green Giant underscore ES. And at least according to the picture in the bio, this is a Spanish language account associated with the frozen vegetable company Green Giant. Yes. they tweeted three times. All three tweets are in Spanish, so I'll translate the first two into English. <laughs> the first <laughs> You know what's coming. Hang on, hang on. The first one, uh, August 2014, is, Hello, Twitter. Greetings from the Green Giant family. Fine. Second tweet, a few days later, is, Got some great food advice? Share it with us. And it could be featured on our website. Then they go dark for seven months, and they come back in March of 2015 for their third and apparently final tweet. Uh, Would you like
1: to read it, or would you like me to? Incesto. Incesto. (laughs) And that is incest, with an O at the end. Yes. Three commas. Yes. Incesto. In all caps. In all caps, comma, space, comma. (laughs) It is possibly the best tweet ever made. And I have put real time into trying. I have reached out to people from the company. No one will get back to me. I've been trying to find out what happened here for years. That was my first question is what the hell happened? I've not put a lot of time into it, but it's just. Talking of really specific internet things that are wonderful. Yeah. I love this account because, well, specifically like this situation, because like you said, it was two inoffensive tweets about, hey, share your, hello, Twitter. And then just (laughs) incesto, incesto. (laughs) No context, no explanation.
0: And it was never deleted. It's still up. The tweet is still up. Never deleted. Yeah. Seven years ago. Never (laughs)
1: posts again. Honestly, one of the most powerful statements ever made on the internet. (laughs) Just... Incesto, incesto, and then someone several years ago made a Green Giant Elon and just oh, put no. investo, investor. Oh no! <laughs> no, it's no, and that's that's the only tweet from that as well. Okay, but it's good. just such a wonderful thing because in today's world, this would have been completely deleted and explained and analyzed to death. There is a chance that this is, and I, I've gone back and forth about what I think it is. I think, and I've thought about this an alarming I amount. I can tell. <laughs> For a while, because this was in 2015, right. I was like, "Okay, this might be a very weird bit," because there were a few really specific bits back then. Mm-hmm. But in this case, like if this happened today, they delete the whole thing. PS then would go out in Spanish saying, "Hey, the incesto tweet was not—I don't remember who makes Green Giant, but it does not indicate the brand values General of Mills, Green Giant." I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's General Mills and. Now it's just this thing where I wonder if there's like a Spanish guy or someone who was like running this account, did two tweets, got fired, Realized they still had to log in, and was like, Yeah, will fuck These people <laughs> 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 insisto insisto." It,
0: in <laughs> it, it really is. It's it's kind of miraculous because seriously, the account is completely dark for seven months, and it's like there's nothing wrong with the first two tweets. So you don't think there would be like cause for someone, the social media manager, to have been fired. Yep. But, but still, that theory seems more plausible than anything else I can think of.
1: <laughs> but also, if he was fired, it was from, so if he was General Mills, Spain, right. he was running this and several others, and this never happened. There is also an outside theory I have that incesto was the last thing he did, but he set it up as a scheduled tweet. <laughs> because the other tweets on there are at like 718 or 312, or whatever. Uh-huh. This one is 12 noon on the dot, PST. <laughs>
0: Your internet detective work here.
1: Eight or nine PM. I forget the time zone. I I, I think then it would be nine PM, but he might have set it while out the door.
0: Oh, I see. So, so like it was. So like he a, his just last scheduled to like
1: seven months. Like yes, let's <laughs> put up incesto. <laughs> That'll show <laughs> see him. See what I would just get these bastards. <laughs> fire me from my job as the Green Giant account, for Spain. But that's the thing. It's not even like it got any steam behind it. Right. He did two th- they did two tweets mm-hmm. in 2014, three days apart, and then disappeared forever until the momentous day of March 9th, 2015. Incesto, incesto. Just such a perfect tweet and also just a wonderful mystery.
0: March 9th, 2015, a day that will live in incestomy, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> I, the incestos I, of March. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Folks who use Twitter know you can click on the quote, tweets, quote tweet link underneath the tweet, see what people are saying about something, you know, they're sharing it with their own feeds, they're writing their own commentary. And I highly recommend it for the, for the, for this tweet.
1: There are some very crazy things. I never <laughs> looked at this before.
0: Yeah, uh, John Taylor here says, How are future civilizations going to understand the artifacts we created? <laughs> and it's just referring to the Incesto tweet. A lot of people say stuff like, This is my favorite tweet ever, or I've been thinking about this a lot, I think about this all the time. And and the, the best one, though, is from at GapingMaws, who says, Ladies up in here tonight. No fighting. No fighting. Incesto, incesto.
1: <laughs> so my favourite one is sometimes you just it's from frunding underscore loom and is first tweet is sometimes you just got a screen cap a tweet that you know is blatant argument bait but you kind of want to beat about it anyway. And then next one related incesto, <laughs> incesto. You know that that was something really specific that they were trying to make a point about. But in the amber of the internet, it is just contextually, like with, with no context behind it, it's just some guy being like, listen up, this is what my shit's about today, incesto. I, I just like, I do like the idea that aliens will come down mm-hmm. one day and they'll be like, what do you think of the- oh, we're not going to give them the cure to all diseases. I don't think they need...
0: It's just by some cruel twist of fate. Like they, they don't they want
1: them to live.
0: They would have fixed everything, but for some reason, the first thing they ever saw upon arriving on Earth was the incesto tweet from from seven years ago. And it's like, never mind, we're going back.
1: <laughs> but also, what is more likely to happen, yeah. which is to say, not very likely, mm-hmm. is that it gets brought up in some sort of congressional hearing. <laughs> like Ted Cruz, like so the tweet says, Incesto in and three commas, incesto, <laughs> comma space, comma. Just someone trying to, like, I love the idea of someone poring over this. Not like we're doing, the way we're doing it is cool, right. but someone trying to be <laughs> ac- academic and profound about this tweet. Yeah. I would love to know what's going on. I would pay good money. For someone to find an explanation, I'll subscribe to any newspaper that digs into this. It's probably a very boring explanation, like I said, like the guy-
0: Was was being fired. The guy was
1: being fired, or it's a not particularly funny bit Mm -hmm. that is now funny based on the context around it. But also, I think the thing I like about it the most, to close Mm -hmm. it off, is that there was never a tweet afterwards. Right.
0: Yeah, you you actually don't want them to come back. This is the perfect- Finished. There, there is no closure, and that's what makes it amazing.
1: And that's it. That's that's it. It's They have made the most perfect tweet possible, <laughs> lined up perfectly, likely by accident, and then left. And they have truly logged off, as we all aspire. I'm going to take that back. I will never log off. I love being online. I love being on Twitter. Yeah. If you curate your feed well, if you, I ban everything from phrases I don't like. like Mm -hmm. I hate when people say doggo. I don't see a single tweet using that word Mm -hmm. ever. It's wonderful. Instead of just getting pissed off at things all the time. Yeah. I choose to curate my feed so that I don't see them.
0: Good. That's good. I mean, that's uh, that's the healthy way to do Twitter, which most people don't do, of course, because Twitter does not encourage you to to do that. But of course, you should. Twitter
1: is fully capable of laying you, though. Right. If you mold Twitter into your image, it's actually perfect. Yeah. Yes, you get your own filter bubbles, and there will be things you learn about in a certain way, and that will inform your perspectives, and you have to be aware of that. But at the same time...
0: You shouldn't be getting all your news from Twitter in the first place, though, so... Yes.
1: (laughs) But also... Something that I think, nice, nice bow to put on top of the episode. One of the things that I think with Twitter, I see a lot of people complaining about getting depressed on Twitter mm-hmm. or getting angry because of Twitter. I can't use Twitter, just damn, makes me angry. And on one hand, sure, things make you upset. I am empathetic towards that. At the same time, Twitter, if you sit and put the time in, again, should not be your responsibility, mm-hmm. but you can curate what you see on Twitter. To such an incredible level. I have like thousands of people block these block lists. And I have a lot of different phrases blocked. It's at least a hundred. Wow. Yeah, I'm a psychopath. I'm <laughs> completely, I'm completely insane.
0: Now, now I'm curious what I have blocked. I, I know I have Dancing with the Stars blocked from like years ago when uh, the, the White House press secretary guy was on. And I was just like, you know what? I never need to hear about this show again. It's fine.
1: That's easily a hundred well, I've got there. Dogecoin, Doge, uh, quotation marks, who plays you, quotation marks, get you this reaction. GameStop, GameStonk, GameStop, dollar sign AMC, <laughs> WSB, Reddit, Stocks, Stonk, Stocks, GameStop. <laughs> I do this because I didn't want to hear about it. I don't care about GameStop. I don't care about it. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to hear people saying they're good dogs. I want to hear people say, hold my beer. I find these trite and lame ways to do things. I'm not going to unfollow someone I like. I'm going to remove this specific content that frustrates me. I realize it's a petty and stupid thing to be upset by. I believe most people have petty and stupid things that they are upset by. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting annoyed about it and starting, like genuinely probably ruining someone's day by being like, this is dumb, when all they were doing was sharing something of their life right. in a perfectly normal and frankly fine way. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing that, I turn around and just... Don't see it. Everyone's happy. Yeah. It's, it, I think it is the healthy way to live online. I don't envy the people who have to read bad stuff for a living, but I also think that most people are not that. Like Ben Collins over at NBC, he has to read awful things. Yeah,
0: he he's the one who's done a lot of reporting on like the QAnon and other stuff where like he has to sift through the actual worst stuff, like not way worse than the Joker memes that you expose yourself to. Yes. He has to actually look at like the really bad stuff. Yeah.
1: And I feel like a lot of people say, oh, Twitter's bad, it's just full of negativity. Is it? When things are bad, sure, it might be. Right. But for the most part, you can pick and choose down to the phrase exactly what you want to and not see on Twitter, and you can mute entire subjects, it works. And I, I I, just, I feel like that is how you fix Twitter. Now, I'm also a white guy on Twitter. Right. So, frankly, I myself might be also not exposed to the internet that most women face. Mm-hmm. I recognize my filter bubble is such that my gender, and color of my skin leads me to significantly less criticism and cruelty. In conclusion, Twitter is a uh, social network of contrasts.
0: <laughs> and, and sometimes all, all you need to do is just just follow weird accounts from Spanish frozen vegetable brands and just filter out the rest. <laughs> Indeed. That was green Giant underscore ES. Ed, thank you for sharing your follows and also your your thoughts on Twitter with us. This is I, I mean, I agree with you completely, I, which is why I don't really have much to add to that. Um, but before we go, let's make sure listeners know how to find you online. Where do you want them to follow you?
1: Just at EdZitron is the easiest place to find me. If you're looking for PR services, you'll find a link to my agency. I'm not going to link my agency on here. You can find it. It's four <laughs> letters. But also, I'm not here to advertise myself. But yeah, find me on Twitter. I don't really use Instagram. I don't really use Facebook. But I do use Twitter all the time.
0: And, and you're very good at it, I have to say. Like, maybe as a result of the curation that you've applied to it. But I I think I think you have a very, a, a very like, strong, healthy, like, really entertaining Twitter presence. So it's a joy to follow you there. Thank you. Follow me on Twitter at esj And this show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at FollowFridayPod. Follow Friday's theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodi Hermawan. That's all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs, and when you do, say something nice. See you next Friday. Today's show was brought to you by the Lightning Pod email newsletter which is where I share my thoughts on the podcasting industry, behind the scenes updates on Faller Friday, and links to all of the podcasts that I've been working on. It's free, it's interesting, and you can sign up at lightningpod.fm/newsletter.